Yes, hi, hey, hello, g'day, and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we bask in the glory of our dominant win over the Wanderers. We're joined by head coach, the gaffer, Nick Montgomery, and of course, we answer your questions. I'm Pete, and I'm joined by Luke, Josh, and Morrow. Hello, fellas. Gents. How we doing? How good? How good? Pretty still, good. Still good. Still, still, still on a high. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Buddy good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. I can feel the FOMO on Aaron from here. That's SOMO, mate. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, my Sad on missing out. Not fear of missing out, but sad on missing out. Miles, what have you done? You missed, missed <laughs> oh. arguably. You know, I'm, I'm going to say it was the best Wanderers away since they were in the league. Yep. I'm going to say that's how it looked. I and have, you missed it. I have no disagreement yes. with that. Um, one thing I do have to get out of the way really quickly is... <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to the office workers. Still, <laughs> the entire CLOE just heard that one. <laughs> they should. Uh, they should still be celebrating. To be honest, yep. um, very good. Let's kick things off as we always do with Fred's question. Fred this week asks: Did we like the experiment with Dan Hall as a defensive midfielder or a central midfielder? Uh, would you make this a permanent thing or just use it when the game calls for it? Uh, call it a plan B of sorts. Shout out, Paolo. <laughs> Imagine having a plan B. Uh, this is <laughs> actually kind of funny because didn't somebody ask a question last week about playing Dan in the midfield and we were all like, no, he's 100% a centre-back. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> and then Monty goes and does it <laughs> on the weekend and it worked. <laughs> it uh, shorted up the game for the last, was he on, say, like 15 minutes. or 20 minutes or something? Yeah. Mm. Um, it 100% worked. He looked all right. No strapping on his knee. Looked all fit. Um, according to someone I spoke to, he's back to basically 100% now. So knees all good. Um, and yeah, I mean, we we know him as a centre-back. We know and love him as a centre-back. But versatility is important. Mm. Especially when we've got quality littered throughout the squad. Mm. You know, it's, I, you know, there is a song, a wise man once said, all we want is a team of Daniel Halls. <laughs> so uh, for a team of Daniel Halls, um, you know, at number six, sometimes has to be Daniel Hall. At number eight, sometimes has to be Daniel Hall. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> Still happy with a full team of Daniel Halls. As a <laughs> protecting the lead, sure up defense sub, I think we can't really ask for much better than Dan mm. coming on and playing it out. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at, you know, at that point in the game, I think it was sort of pretty assured that we we're going to win. I felt uh, pretty comfortable. Um, but even even if it was closer than that, to try and see out a game, if we have to go to you know sort of five at the back and to have him come on in the midfield, and then he can obviously drop even deeper. Um, that works. And I think that goes a little bit to what something you mentioned to Monty about um, how, how we play with holding midfielders, or rather, we don't necessarily play with the traditional holding midfielders. So, in when we are trying to shore up the game, what better way than to bring somebody in versatile enough to play both positions, um, so that we can't really get caught out of position? And that's just a starting point for Dan to, you know, do the hard work and get himself back into where I think he belongs, which is still in the central defence. Let's have a look back at the absolute scenes, the absolute limbs in the away end that transpired on Saturday night. Sorry, Moz. It was your Central Coast Mariners 3, Western Sydney Wanderers nil. 
And uh, what a night this was. Completely wrong prediction for me yeah. on last week's yeah. pod. <laughs> that was not good in the end. I think I said Wanderers would win 2-0. I think <clears> Pete <throat> and I were very conservative with the draw. So mm. when like, – 3-0, you take that win any day of the week. But in this game, we, as we mentioned with Monty, it could easily have been five or six. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a game that I can think of where we've played where we were so dominant – and not not just on the scoreboard as well, but just in general play. Just just our pressure, our passing, our press, you know, with the ball, off the ball, everything just worked. It was, it was relentless. It was absolutely yeah, relentless. Lizzie and Maxi winning so many second balls as well. It was yeah. just we're, we're everywhere. We're all, we're all over them like a bad rash, and it was great to watch. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we could have and probably should have been up. Probably two in the first sort of 15 minutes. Oh, comfortably. I mean, uh, the Marco Tulio effort early on where he flicked one over the head of the defender and, and flashed one uh, sort of How across the face. Touch? with his oh, Incredible. And the ball, from, good. the ball from Faz as well was cracker. That, that Played a couple of those. from the left. How yeah. good were they? Yeah. yeah Faz's left foot was on fire. Yeah. 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 And then the, the Caltech header off the post as well. Mm. Yep. Yeah, Aqu- Aquilina had an opportunity to cut one back or to make a short cross to... Um, Tulio, and that didn't happen quite either. We had heap of opportunities. He looked up for it against his former side, as did uh, Triantis once again. Just <laughs> we're going to do our three two ones later for sure. But Triantis for me, yeah, I was a stand. I don't want to do three two ones. <laughs> we could honestly, honestly put you know eight or nine players that could definitely get a three two one at mm. least in that game. Yeah, I think I feel like I stitched uh, Nectar up. Last week after the Western game, by only giving him one point, but he 100% gets my three this week. I don't think I can go past him. Mm. Um, 19. Probably all in agreement here. 19. 19. Yeah. Yeah. But we did dominate Doesn't turn all 20 until after the season we? finishes. We did dominate all over the park. In particular, he dominated his man, which is nice to see. I think actually we dominated off the park as well, but we'll leave that one for <laughs> Javius and Monty to discuss a bit further. Um, something there. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the kid, the talent. Um, I hope he has really given it to the Cumdingo for uh, not finishing that ball because that mm. ball, that's one of the best balls I've seen this season. Yep. Mm. Just the amount, the vision. First time. Just, the vision. Oh. There was talk, you know, there was thought about offside. The, the Dingo was a good five well, metres inside, inside his, own, his half. own half. That's how, that's how much vision the kid had had mm. that uh, he was sh- so sharp to it and uh, – um, yeah, unfortunately, the Cumdingo couldn't match it with his sharpness. But um, yeah, we we dominated everywhere. Surely. Some of the balls from the from both centre backs were great. Triantis was just pinging them everywhere. Aquilina had a great game on the right. Faz had a great game on the left. We just we were just dominated every single other player on the pitch. Our player was the better, better player of was, every duel. It was it was all about the ball speed for me. I mean, we yeah. we did the same thing against Western in the second half. You know, particularly after the red card, when we started to move the ball quicker and open up the pitch a bit and spread them, it obviously hurt them more because they were down a man. But we did this on the weekend against a team that hasn't conceded or has maybe conceded one goal. Conceded one. Yeah. one. Yeah. In the first three games of the season is basically top of the ladder and also had a full team on the pitch. And mm. we, we just completely opened them up and destroyed them. Just looking at Triantis's passing accuracy for this one, 88%. Uh, of his 58 passes there. Pretty decent <laughs> for a centre-back. You can tell that quite a lot of it was going through him. Um, but uh, as you say, not just the ball speed, but the the intent in which we move forward every time as well. Mm. And that's what that's what I like. Let's let's get Nizzy and Maxi involved, get the wingers involved. And it's I think Faz... Rapid. I think, yeah, probably uh, Faz definitely showed, you know, if, if, there's, if there's one weakness in his... 
game at the moment, it's probably the ability to go forward with some intent and we saw that on the weekend a lot more than what we have so far. This is best game for us, for me. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, there's obviously too many, you know, we can go through every, you know, bloody every single player, but <laughs> even just, even someone like Ayongo, just, mm. he's, he's a pest. Yes. Like his annoyance from the front everything. of the field just goes after everything. And you, that's what we had with Urenya. Uh-huh. And we thought that we lost that, but I think we saw on the weekend what we can get out of him, you know, when we when we don't have the ball. That just complete annoyance. And, I mean, he's a scary dude to be sprinting straight at you as well. I like, don't want to play against him. He's yeah. tough. Yeah. He's like, tough. That, he looks that, hard as nails, that, doesn't he? Yeah, that follow-through opened him up, but um, he just shrugged it off. Oh, you know, he did the usual complaining to the ref, but after that he just, you know, shrugged it off and mm. got on with it. Um yeah, he looks like he fits in nicely. It, I, I think that it would be deserved if we went right down the list and covered all of those players just about because, you know, Tulio, way the best game, looks like there's something in there that's really yep. interesting. Getting fitter and fitter. Getting yep. fitter and fitter. Touch looks good. Aquilina, it's the best game he's played as far as I'm concerned for us. Yep. Or Necker and those passes because if we think back to last week, the pass to Qual for the uh-huh. um, little trick, et cetera. Secondary assist, baby. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> this, is, this is, yeah, all over the park. There's good story. Storm came on and... He was as solid as a rock and actually, you know, exactly what we probably needed in that moment. So, yeah, find me someone. In fact, I missed out on mentioning the um, fans in my off-field analysis, but um, from the TV view, fantastic. Early on, there was a little bit of, you know, Western Sydney dominance, but as the game went on, then there was a definite dominance of the yellow group. So how good were you guys? Half decent, yeah. I'm still getting my voice back, to be honest. My throat is still absolutely shredded. Um, Worth it. Uh, But we have had a lot of positive feedback from the playing group, from Sean, from Monty as well, and even from Rich, um, who spoke via Sean saying how impressed they were. So that's, um, yeah, props to everyone that was down there on the night and made some noise. It was, of course, the substitutes who changed the game on the weekend. Uh, Michael Roos opening the scoring for the Mariners. um, Assisted, once again, Garen Kowal. No. I'm shocked. Shock horror. horror. Came on and changed the game. Really? I mean, like, it got to half time, though, and it's, it's, you know, you're sort of starting to think, oh, this has got very dodgy 1-0 written all over it, (laughs) Wanderers on the counter or something. But, I mean, they just had nothing. I mean, they, they... I don't know what a Krippich is or where he went on the weekend, but he was was he on the pitch? I didn't realise until he, <laughs> is he was Is off. he out of Nectar's pocket yet? No. Still low on his pocket, yeah. Very, very deep in there still. And, yeah. you know, they started Rami Nadrin instead of um, Yengi. Yengi hasn't been that impressive for me this season, but I, I was a bit worried about him. And when he wasn't there, I thought, oh, that's good. And then Nadrin, you know, once again, didn't do anything really of note. Mm. So he's, you know, at half time, it's all it takes is one mistake, one chance for them, and then we're bloody chasing the game again. But Monty, impact off the bench, right time, right players, got it 100% spot on again. And I mean, Garain, what? Speaking of bloody pests, what a pest. <laughs> and some uh, poetic justice there for Ruan. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pests, it's, it's, it's kind of. Ruan, um, Ruan, come on. <laughs> it's it's kind of uh, yeah the, the substitutes that really changed the game for both sides. Mm. Is it uh, his? Does it count as a second starting debut? No, sorry, a second debut coming off the bench for everyone because he's already been at the Wanderers. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, is this like does it count does, as an assist? Does this count as another club <laughs> added onto the list 
because he's going around in circles. Or, but <laughs> anyway, the pressure from Garang leads up to the goal. Good finish by Ruzi. Mm. And we saw preseason Ruse. Yep. That's what we saw when he came off the bench. That he was yep. he was on fire in preseason. And the first couple of games of the season that he's been he's been sort of hit and miss ish. But he just completely monstered them when he came on. They didn't know what to do. It was Pace and power. Well. Yep. Yeah, modern, super sharp. Like modern super sharp. Modern football, baby. Pace and power. Hey? Yeah, and it's just super sharp and, and so was Grang. Like mm. it was so sharp for him to even attempt that tackle mm. um and as for ruan well how could he not know but <laughs> way yeah. too casual oh, yeah well when it's garang like mm. seriously i yeah. don't know what he was thinking but he certainly didn't have that amount of time and it, yeah it just shows actually like was said in the commentary what um you know is in the arsenal for Grang because it's not just the silky skills and the you know fitness and whatever else it is that we've seen that's spectacular it's also just that um, grit and determination to win that ball and uh, then the sharpness of Roos to be there and um, finish it nicely. So, yeah, super substitutions from Monty and uh, every game at the moment we're saying the same thing, aren't we? Mm. And you felt like once we got one that we would get at least one more. Yeah. And, it, yeah. yeah, it was um, Ninkovic, which thank you for the ball, Niz, I think, said up on halfway. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he was doing. Nick, it was a, it was a three foot bloody pass uh, and he just hit it straight to Niz and then we're off. Uh, then we're on the counter. Rapid. And, you know, the cum dog um, plays in again, Garang, and he sets up Roos, which I'm still not confident that was onside. But the it's lines. Onside, <laughs> but the lines. I know the lines, but we know what the lines are like. <laughs> <laughs> lines and angles and all sorts of dodginess. Um, when they showed the replay, I 100% thought it was going to be chalked. Yeah, I absolutely thought it was going to be chalked in real time. I didn't celebrate at the ground. Um, oh, we celebrated hard. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't celebrate. I, I think I was like, Mick oh. headbutted someone in the back of the head, and we thought it was all for nothing. And but it worked out in the end. But you know, once again, like the ball from Garang, just just yeah, spot on, perfect, perfect, perfect. weighted, yeah. measured. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna. I yeah. He's you know. He's going to be such a miss. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm know. not. I'm not looking forward to it. I know. You know. I. I. I think. I think we'll be all right. But it's. It's. It's going to be a huge miss. He's got it all though, hasn't he? Like that unselfishness. Because in that moment, then and with the form that he's had and all of the talk and where he's going and where he's at with his career, then you fully expect him to try and rifle that into the roof of the net. Mm. But instead, it's just a well, perfect either, ball either he, perfect Yeah, tackle. either he or Cummings could have could have gone themselves on that one there. But. That's um that's that shows how well the team is gelling. Yeah, mm. and that's where Cummings' versatility comes in because he's got the ability to hold the ball up or, you know, sort of to play other players in. Where there's a few other strikers in the league that McLaren <laughs> they, they just sit in the edge of the six yard box or score bloody penalties and <laughs> yeah. they don't really do anything else. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, he can play off the shoulder. He can play between the lines. Mm. Bring other players into play. Um, it was fantastic. Mariners medalist Sam Silvera. My man. <laughs> Assisted Goes once again. Bang. Uh, the uh, hold up by Cummings there to yep. uh, lay off to uh, Silvera. Some strike. Yeah. Faz read that pass like a book yep. in the lead up. Mm. Just, I, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, the Warners, but once again, though, Faz with the intent to go forward, and that's what happens. And yeah, obviously, again, good work by the Cum Dog, and yeah, the finish from Silvera. Mariners medalist, <laughs> Sam Silvera. How, how the Wanderers allowed Cummings to get a touch on that ball when there was three around him? There was three around just, him and they still couldn't get a bloody foot on it. It's Jason Cummings. He does what he wants. And yeah. then, yeah, Silvera's strike was, you know, a rocket straight through Clure's Chris legs. and Peach. Thomas got a little uh, little touch on it, but 
definitely not enough as it goes into the back of the net. Yeah, beautiful goal, and then three nil. That's when the proper celebrations really started. Yeah, I could I could breathe a little bit after that one went in. Yeah. Any <laughs> any comments about um, Grang backing off uh, as he sails off into the sunset, goes to the World Cup, all of that sort of thing? <laughs> no, I will take them back. <laughs> not that I think you. Not that I think that he was, but that was obviously my concern, which you no, know, I think we saw with his brother. Um, but yeah. legit, legit concern. So far. So far, so good. Yeah, legit concern, but he, he just wants to be in everything. Yeah. The celebrations, the, you know, build up to these goals. He wants to get on the ball. He just, yeah, so he certainly hasn't backed off and that's been, in lo- that's, you know, relieving, put it that way. Yeah, and there's a lot of calls for him to start too and like all this sort of stuff, which, yeah. you know. I'm sort of I, mixed about it. I understand that, but when he's having this impact off the bench, why are you changing it? You can't argue with the impact that he's having at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why change what's not broken? Yeah, it's it's 100% working. Monty and Serge got it spot on um, on the weekend and again in the Western game. Um, yeah, just complete. I, I, I was not expecting to walk out of there winning 3-0 and us <laughs> playing like that. Wanderers didn't even have a shot on target. No. We had Hopeless. 19 shots. I 19 think. shots, I think eight on target, yeah. nine on target, something like we, that. We hit the post, what, twice? Yeah. Caltech in the first half and then Cummings and... I felt bad for Cummings because he deserved a goal with oh, the way that the he did one play. That just got stuck under his feet. Yeah. The, the, oh. the one that got stuck. Where's his right foot? I know. Come on, I know. Um, but and then the one that hit the post right, right at the end. Yeah. I, I was I was hanging for him to get that goal, mm. and thankfully, which we'll obviously get to, didn't affect uh, him making the World Cup goal, which is good. But 100 percent deserved the goal, and he's got uh, one more game before he jets off. So. Dominant. I, 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 I love the weekend. I would not stop talking about it. Yeah, there's it a lot. To, there's a lot to talk about. I felt sorry a little bit for Caltech not getting that goal because I thought, you know, he had shown enough that got himself in that position, got that fantastic header on it. Was a great cross, great corner. I think it was and uh, a short corner. I, I believe most of our corners. How love short corners? I've heard. <laughs> we, most, I, I was I was I was shut up with the short corners in in the weekend's game because we produced some good stuff. But yeah, from short we corners. did nearly stuff it up with the one right on half time when we went. Short Short, we went to Niz and Niz went to Faz on the edge of the box. And uh, why Faz is the one on the edge of the box in that position, not it. And then we lose the ball and then the Wanderers go up the other end and then, the, then they almost score. And that's the stuff that when it got to half time, it's like all it takes is that and this yeah. this is in the bin. Yep. So I know the boys were putting in a lot of work on those sorts of variations in the yeah. session on Friday. There was a and couple it, of set placement corners that were really good. Yeah, yeah. They had a really light session on the Friday before the game, um, but it was mostly centred around set pieces. So, yeah, a um, yeah, couple of them very, very nearly came off. Yeah, yeah. impressed with that Caltech, like you said, Moz. I thought he looked nice and calm on the ball. Strong. A lot more reassured. I'm, I'm, I'm relatively confident now with us sort of trying to play it out from the back with him and Nectar. I think I think that's – and, you know, I love Dan. Love Dan to death. But you, what, if you're injured, unfortunately, you have to fight to get your way back in. And until things start to go belly up, then I think that's our centre-back pairing. You need all of these players. So Monty was talking about it. You've got to have more than, you know, 11 players on the pitch. So mm. his time will come. He just needs to make sure that he, you know, is right in that and he's doing everything to work hard to get that position back. I fully believe that he can get one of those positions. But – he can't just oust those guys because those last two performances, notwithstanding the first half of the first one, those last two performances have been great performances. So that has got that competition there, but but Dan, he has to earn that place back. So yeah. I totally back him to do it. 
Um, but I wouldn't be kicking either of the current incumbents out to do it right just yet. And a name we haven't ever mentioned, Max oh, Ballard. Oh, Maxi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that machine that just metronomically continues The metronome on? in the midfield. Yeah. Okay. Thankfully, the uh, podcast, which we thought existed for a while, where <laughs> after we interviewed players and they would not play well the next week, <laughs> did not exist last week, thankfully. But he was just not incredible again. He was fantastic. He was everywhere. I mm. thought that midfield with... Ninkovic and Nuonhoff and Amalfitano with the way they started the season, that's where the game would be won and lost. And between Maxi and there's just dominance, mm. complete dominance. Can I ask if there was anything in the Benny um, versus Nadehoff? Is that his name? No. Uh, Yellow. Nuenhoff? Yellow, yeah, Definitely I agree. Yellow. I agree, Yellow. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah so sure. it was that's just the Western Sydney uh, part of the commentary team that yeah, was uh, discussing that? Yeah, of course. Because yeah. that's what I thought as well. I thought there's nothing much in it. 100% of Yellow. Nikovic's was a dive. That should have been a Yellow for Nikovic. Uh, there's contact <laughs> there for me. Yeah, there's contact. But. No. Um, and there's contact in the Benny one as well, but there's no malice. It's not intentional. Yeah. It's just a, it's a loose elbow. That's I've always loved Kurt He's a, you know, Kurt never, is a great ref. Never, never said bad, anything bad yeah. about him ever mm-hmm. on this podcast or any social media platform. Pinocchio's nose just grew a lot then. Nothing but positive. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Evans on the other hand. Yes, that man. Kurt <laughs> <laughs> Evans, fantastic referee. Yeah. Um... On the Benny thing, Jess Van Stratton. Wanker. <laughs> He's got a lot of STFUs, hasn't he? Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say, shut him the fuck up. Shut <laughs> him the fuck up. <laughs> Bit of uh, anger management. <laughs> they, um, yeah, there were some pretty harsh words for, for anyone who hasn't seen it on the coverage. Um, yeah, a few barbs flying about between the Wanderers bench and um, and our bench, of course, our former goalkeeping coach Jess Van Stratton on the on the bench for them. And mm, I mean, there's a reason yeah. he's not here anymore. Um, <laughs> that Wanderers bench must be the most toxic. toxic bench in history between Bloody Rudin and JVS. And the fact that they they think they can tell other benches how they should be talking to the fourth official when you see the way Mark Rudin talks to the fourth official is just incredible. That's uh, Mark O'Rudin. Yeah, uh, police name. <laughs> no, not Marco. Mark O'Rudin. Oh, Mark O'Rudin. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Irish heritage. Is this, is, is this how he's getting out of it? <laughs> All these name changes. Uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a pretty sharp reaction from JVS because I'm pretty sure that Monty just said to him, oh, how you been, mate? <laughs> and all he got back was all that S tier. You know what? A few stuff. I would not be surprised. <laughs> and, and what great video was captured of it as well and shared. Mm. Uh, yeah. Outside the technical area, uh, swearing at the opposition bench, uh, no but card yet it, But yet it's Monty that gets the yellow card. Yeah. And we found out that Monty's still not sure what he got the card for. Apparently um, someone thought that he blocked the assistant referee on the near touchline and Monty's like a, was nowhere near him. <laughs> and the assistant referee apparently has no idea either. So, yeah. Um, Ams is going right. to Ams. Yep. Ams, <laughs> Ams is going to Ams. But they genuinely said it was for touching the, the lines person, mm. the, the official on the sideline. So, hmm, yeah. Don't oh. think there would have been much in that, but they, you know, they're a bit sensitive at the moment, aren't they, the yeah. referees? So On oh. high alert. Yeah. Oh, well, at least Monty <laughs> didn't pop up the VAR box and give them what really they needed. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Breeze popped into your mentions on Twitter again there, Luke. Not Pow. yet. 
Not yet. I think he's vanished because he knows he can't win. <laughs> <laughs> Soccer Twitter will take him down. Yep. <laughs> True that. <laughs> we had a bit of an interesting uh, run home as well. There was um, I was on the party bus, of course, as, as I am one to do, and um, – Pulled up to a set of lights and there was a gang of uh, hooded youths uh, <laughs> in the street <laughs> below and uh, they would have been uh, maybe pushing 15, 16 years old. The so hooded children. Um, yeah. <laughs> Watch Green uh, Street once. Yeah, definitely <laughs> watched a couple of Green Street movies and had the Stone Island and stuff like that. They probably just sewed a Stone Island patch onto one of their jumpers, to be honest, as well. Um, not sure which one of them was using the brain cell they shared between them at the time, but um, yeah, they started pelting the bus with rocks and stuff and um, tried to stick a couple of stickers on which uh, Eggie then took off the outside of the bus and wiped his ass and threw it back out at him. Um, that doesn't sound like something you'd do. <laughs> it's a beautiful moment to witness. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> it was a questionable moment to witness. <laughs> it's an okay moment but I wouldn't want to witness it. Yeah, beauty is in the eye of the beer holder and I was holding a couple of them. Uh, so, yeah, no shout out to those absolute imbeciles that um, the only reason they were out there was probably because they can't get into a pub because they're too young. It was way past their fucking bedtime. Um, just fuck off. So they copped another L <laughs> is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, they copped a big L. Yeah. I'm just happy I got out of there in one piece wearing uh, my Mariners polo. <laughs> yeah. I went down colourless. I went black shirt, shock horror, yeah. and uh, camo hat so they couldn't see me. So you walked up to the north of the pitch there into that place where we normally park mm-hmm. wearing your Mariners gear. I had my scarf on. Through the dark alley. Crikey. I mean, Brave, what so. are they going to say? For the most part, Hello. for the most part, their fans are actually okay. It was just that True. little group of absolute fucking wannabe hooligans that just thought they were king shit. And the same thing happened at, uh, with Newcastle down there the other week as well. Because um, I did get a message from one of the Newcastle supporters um, after full time saying, oh, make sure that you... You know, stay safe on the walk back to the station of the bus or whatever. This happened, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be fine. Turns out. Yeah, there's yeah. always that element. Yeah. Piss weak kids. Um, let's touch on the lighter side of it. Three, two, ones. Nectar, three. I'd go Maxi for two. I can't leave him out either. Mm. Um, and again, it feels harsh to only give him one, but Roos for the impact off the bench. I'm going to go Nectar 3, Faz 2, Kowal 1. Nectar's getting all the points here. <laughs> Nectar, Roos, Kowal. Uh, Nectar 3, uh, Faz 2. Mm. Roosie 1. Roos score goal. Yeah, very good. <laughs> very good. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. I love you. No homo. Let's have a look at the rest of round five in a Liga. It was colossals galore. Um, as uh, we look at the Friday night game, of course, Melbourne victory for Newcastle nil. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you right there, Luke? That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> Um, um, no, but the Vuk were back. Hey? Resurgent Melbourne victory after uh, Although, their previous three games scoreless. Yeah, I mean Newcastle weren't very good, and to be honest, I didn't think the I didn't think the victory looked that great early on. Mm. Um, but they got the biggies in the end. There was a couple of cracking um, golazos in there. 
At Brimmer, at Brimmer Pass. The ball for oh, Brimmer. For, for Daggers, it's be that was a sister of the season so you, far. You won't see a better one around around the world this weekend. Yeah. That was sensational. And I think it was uh, Jimmy, of course, um, who said it was the, the perfect ball outside of the foot pass into the corridor of uncertainty, yeah. wraps around the defender. Good finish from Daggers. Too. Yeah. Oh, top finish. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Take nothing so, away from that. Lol at Jets. Yep. Um, Chris Economides as well, his finish was decent. Just absolutely rifled Smashed into it. the roof of the net. Mm. mm. Can we loll at Paramount? I just want to well, adjourn well, that moment because I, I can't really talk about the first half in that game because <laughs> I was all I could see was a man celebrating a life of Leslie Jordan, actor reflects on the fame in final interview on CBS. Was that on CBS, CBS by any yes. chance? Yes. Of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> Unbelievable, uh, but sorry. We will absolutely on. circle back to that. Yeah, 100%. Um, what An a, early circle back. Okay. What a, <laughs> we'll put but, a pin but, in but, that. But um, Jets, Jets playing uh, the Vuck back in form, so... So I'm um, uh, not sure if I want to thank the Jets for that, but I'm okay with the Vuck um, giving them a bit of a hiding. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. What a round for your uh, for your premium streaming service to go <laughs> down, huh? Premium. Uh, <laughs> imagine, imagine. Um, of course, on Saturday it was City Four, Perth nil. About an expected result, I would say. Yeah, Colour me shocked for this one. Imagine, yeah. lo- imagine, imagine losing to Perth. Yeah, no, couldn't be my club. <laughs> Could never be my club. Could not be my club. Uh, Marco Tilio, Matthew Leckie and Tapping McTapface uh, with a double <laughs> on the day there. And I think they both were. Well, one was a pen, wasn't it? Yep, yep. <laughs> I think he's on seven goals and five of pens. <laughs> wow. And did they all three get uh, selected? Stats may not be accurate. Did Just they, FYI. Did they, did they make Socceroos? McLaren. McLaren Any did. of them? Sorry for my failure Chilio to... Chilio didn't. Chilio didn't. Okay. No. Yep, fair enough. Because I, I thought there might have so. been a bit of a conspiracy there where Perth um, made their best attempt at getting them in. <laughs> yeah, Lecky and McLaren did. <laughs> a Ruben yeah, Zakovic yeah. coach team failing? Mm. I'm no, happy about shocked. that. Shocked. <laughs> um, of course, uh, Wellington Phoenix. Oh, this was... This was fucking glorious to watch for me. <laughs> Wellington Phoenix for MacArthur. One. Was not a good weekend for either of the uh, Foxtel FC <laughs> clubs. Hasn't been a good year for one of them. It was, it was great. Um, yeah, happy for the Nucks to get that W. Oh, I was thrilled with that. Smacked them. I did not expect it either. Did not no, expect it at all. Did not expect that at all. And, um, yeah, thankfully the Arzani hype will hopefully shut up now. <laughs> What did you think about that uh, pen shout, Luke? Oh, my God. How has he not got a card for that? No idea. It's, it's a clear dive. It was his main contribution in the game. <laughs> what about Lockie Rose's contribution? Straight off the mean. bench. <laughs> straight off the bench, straight in the goals. He's done a Matty Hatch. <laughs> yeah, well, considering Carter had probably two or three clear-cut chances to put yeah. them in front and then Lockie Rose comes off the bench and scores, mm. why is... Why is Buddy Carter Who still Who is this starting? Anthony Carter guy anyway? Uh, he's, you know, another one of these uh, young prodigies that never quite got to the heights that he was hyped up to. And now he's back in the Liga to try and do something and it's not working. <laughs> Fair old screamer in this one, Clayton Lewis from uh, Free Kick, which I thought Oof. was going to be goal of the round. <laughs> Clayton Lewis from downtown. I, I rate him as a player very highly. Yeah, his quality. Yeah. Pretty good. Yep. Absolutely. Um, just... 
So good to see. I'm buzzing on that result. Great weekend football. Was, also, as just, you said, I was a bit worried about my fantasy team and everyone having the twin twin towers from uh, the back mm. end of MacArthur. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, their clean sheet was rubbed out pretty quickly. And then an avalanche of goals smashed up their scores as well. So I hope you're all on Uzcock. <laughs> Nothing better than a, a uh, weldy free kick that goes off the underside, underside of the, of the crossbar and oh, goes in. Oh, oh, yeah. Nothing more satisfying. Yeah. That does engage. That's beautiful. Um, Brisbane Raw, three, Sydney, one. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> and until this game, Clayton Lewis's, for me, was goal of the round. Yep. Holy shit, Brendel South. <laughs> the nerdiest looking dork in the A-League scores <laughs> a worldie. He's like a Ferrari in the garage, according to Moon. So Yeah, well, that's, that's very true. Very true. That was a screamer. <laughs> Sydney are going to miss Wilco a lot. They've got, what, Gerd and the guy that they signed from Sydney United. Yeah, they signed Pete, new, new pronunciation, thank you. Vlastelica. Thank you. Um, yeah, had a rough introduction to life. Gave away the pen. In the Alliga, I think, and was not great overall. Mm. And was mispronounced in the game, was he not, Vlastelica. Yes. Well, yes. yeah. I mean, Simon has um, corrected himself, I understand. Uh, he was corrected by uh, Robbie Trefanik, ah. who is, of course, uh, in media at Sydney FC now, um, who got a shout-out from Simon, who didn't quite get the pronunciation of Robbie's <laughs> name correct. <laughs> 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 Irony. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shout out to Robbie. I know he's been tuning in as well. Hope you're well, bud. Hope I didn't butcher it too badly myself. Um, Paolo, Sydney lols, though. Paolo Retro, oh. red card in the 81st minute. Yeah, and this... Harper not happy. Oh, no, shocking. <laughs> that not happy at a Sydney decision, which I don't know what planet he's on. For me, that's a pretty, it's a pretty clear red. Uh, yeah, I don't think and anyone not, can have any complaints there. And there's still a lot of people who think it's last man when it's not last man it's <laughs> dogzo yeah so denying a direct goal scoring opportunity mm-hmm. if denzaki knocks it around him which he did he's away one-on-one i'm gone i'm and gone he's, i've liked it, th- th- I've liked it. <laughs> and he's traveling so much faster than everybody else th- there was not moment. a sydney player in the same postcode yeah, I mean that it's was more that red. was more dogzo than aspro's one the other 100%. way 100% and aspro got what three games he may have got two, potentially. I think he got more than the standard one. Retro only got one. Which is wild because Aspero, that should have only been one. Um, it shouldn't have been a red. Well, yeah, that that's another issue. Um, <laughs> but it was it's a clear red for me. I don't know. I don't understand how there's any real complaint about that. Yeah. Andy Harper's obviously... I don't know if you saw in the halftime show, but he was trying to find excuses for how poor oh, yeah. Sydney were as well. The you bug know. went through the whole team. Yeah, yeah. No. Joe Lolly's oh. feeling sick today, so maybe everyone's feeling sick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were shitting here. And yeah. <laughs> Just shit. They were definitely shitting themselves. Yeah. <laughs> that, that showed. That's what I would blame for it, to be perfectly honest, yeah. because not one of them looked up for the task. No. Um, Brisbane were, you know, harder at everything. Um, they were lucky that it wasn't worse, to be honest. Yep. They were, yeah. As we said, capped off by the screamer from Brindle South. Um, probably gives Warren Moon a, uh, a few extra weeks in the job. <laughs> um, paper over the cracks, I think, for me. Thanks for your service, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before capping off the round in uh, what was nearly a bit of a ding-dong affair, um, there was a couple of dings to the dongs. Western United, two. Adelaide United, four. 
big crowd. They said there was 3,000 people there, I think. There is, no, <laughs> there is no barely fucking way. 300 people there. They must they counting everybody. The they're, counting, they're, they're counting toes and fingers. That's <laughs> There was not... If there was more than a thousand. I'll be surprised. Not a chance. It was five hundred. There was not three thousand people there. That's it's so depressing watching them play in that stadium on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> it's just sad. It's SMFC like, Mike needs to get the uh, the. Analysis I will, I'm on this happy one for Mike to do a manual count. crowd count <laughs> and give a five percent variance either way, and it'll be very accurate. Doesn't he live in Melbourne? Can't he go there and actually count the crowd? Oh, yeah, he could. Incognito. He could walk around he with would, like one would, of those like security know, clicker things. Clicker, like, yeah. He would not buy a ticket to I know, but he the could, clothes shop. I'll pay for his franchise. ticket. He doesn't. <laughs> he can be incognito just to get the crowd, you know, figure perfect. That he's got to, he's got to find his way out of the fucking mental hospital first <laughs> before he gets anywhere near a stadium. True. <laughs> what, a, what a start by the uh, last season's champions, hey? It's uh, what's that? Eight goals conceded in two uh, games. Yeah, the old championship hangover is bad, bad, not good. Speaking of bad, bad, not good. Oh my god, Lacroix! How does it happen? Yeah, last Lacroix. season's Lacroix. Lacroix. Lacroix, sorry. Lacroix. My French is not very good. <laughs> Out of my fantasy team forever. I gave him. <laughs> I gave him two weeks chance. Did you still? Oh, you still had him in there on the way. I weekend. got rid of him two weeks ago. Within about fifteen minutes, he was on minus six yeah. in my fantasy team. That's I binned him after good. round one. <laughs> I want him in my team as a striker for the other team. <laughs> He's scoring well. He's free scoring. <laughs> Banging him in for fun. I had Craig well, Goodwin in my side again this week. He so. was directly at fault for two goals again on the weekend. Uh, Just not good. And then, and then there's obviously the rumour that he wanted to get out in the off-season and go back to Europe. And it's like, is he throwing games on purpose to get out? Well, that's one way it, to completely ruin your, your value. It certainly seems that way to me. Mm. Mm. Funny things going on down there, though. Prejevic in the same boat as that. That's the rumour as well, isn't it? The Prejevic. Yeah, yeah, and there was. I have seen some other story about him too. Something, he, I think he maybe went overseas to some sort of a party. or I, I don't know. It was, it was weird. It was weird. But there's something else obviously that's happening with him and they're missing him massively. But I will say there's nothing better than seeing Neil uh, Kilkenny get smacked every week <laughs> at this rate. And he it's takes great. it so well. Yeah. And then... For whatever reason, Aloisi decides to start James Troisi over Milanovic, <laughs> who played really well against us. Yeah, yep. And he comes on and scores straight away. I mean, why are you starting James Troisi? It's absolutely, it's it's dead set bloody dad's army down there. That's wild. <laughs> Just looking at the stats for this one, Western United had 23 shots. Every single one went out of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Adelaide, conversely, just the 10 shots, four on target. Ha, Jamie Young. Jamie Young shouldn't go to the World Cup, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Eat an absolute bag Just of... Just worry about picking the ball out of the back of your net. All right, Jamie? <laughs> You're busy. <laughs> Shut up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> So joining us this afternoon on the Coast Football Ramble podcast is the man himself, the gaffer. It is the one and only Nick Montgomery. Monty, how are you? Hey, guys. Yeah, obviously it's been a, a massive day for the club um, with the news of, of Garang, Jason and Vuka going to the World Cup. So on top of a good result on the weekend, yeah, we, uh, we're obviously uh, all, all happy at the minute and looking forward to this weekend's game against MacArthur. Absolutely, I can't wait. Let's uh, let's dive right into it, as we always do with a couple of quick fire questions. Firstly, who is better? Is it 
Nick the Triantis or Tiago Silva? Oh, Triantis, any day. Obviously. <laughs> Easy. Obviously, obviously. And um, I think we've probably asked you before, but uh, we do have to ask again, your source, fridge or cupboard? It's actually in the cupboard. That's yes. the right answer. Ooh. It is absolutely Good. the right answer. That's 100% right. Sorry, we've just had someone gate crash the interview We've been bombarded here. by the CEO. <laughs> hey, hey Mon, I didn't know that these boys were actually in. I thought they were doing it via Zoom, so I thought I'd just gate crash. Um, I can't actually hear you, but can you just explain to the boys why you wanted to stitch me up this morning and cover me in water? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was funny this morning. We, we, I spoke to Storm Rue and said, look, we're going to get Sean in the middle of the circle at the end just to introduce Fucker. Um, if he wants to speak, and as soon as he does that, he's just going to blast water all over him. So um, <laughs> I think I think he avoided most of it. Bucket, you were not aware of that, Sean. Got, got, got uh, the brunt no, of it, I but I caught on that something was up. So uh, oh, okay, conveniently took a step back at the right moment and got away from it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great area! Good job he wasn't well, tired. Go. Cheers. <laughs> well, nice work then from the football department. <laughs> Been bowling the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Quick little cameo from the CEO, of course. Um, Mont, of course, a, a brilliant and dominant and complete 3-0 victory on the weekend against Western Sydney. Honestly, it could have been even more. Um, what pleased you most about the performance? Look, I think the performance was was a complete performance by the whole team. And again, uh, the disappointing thing was at half-time that, that we weren't 3 or 4 nil up because I, I think we deserved to be. Um, and, and, and yeah, I just thought that you know, just the just the resilience of the boys and to 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 play at that intensity for 95 minutes against a team that has a massive budget, that has a lot of experienced players, and and that were top of the league, undefeated, not conceded a goal, and 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 yeah, it's easy for people to say, you know, they had an off day, which tends to happen every time the Mariners have a good result. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, again, you know, I think. Anyone watching that game, it was just, um, yeah, look, we were far superior than them in, in every department on the night. Football is football. And, and, and I thought we just, yeah, we, we, we showed what we're about. And we've done that in most games, apart from the Perth game, which I, I did say at the time, I think that's the best thing that could have happened because we had such a good pre-season. You know, we had some amazing results. And I think a little bit of overconfidence, a little bit of complacency. And I warned the boys about that before the game. Um, but yeah, look, that that was a key moment where yeah, it was a realization that if we don't play how we can and, and at the intensity we can, then we leave the door open for the results to go anyway. And for us to not do that, we have to we have to give a hundred percent, and everybody has to push each other. Um, and and yeah, since then, obviously the the Western United game, again, I thought that was an amazing performance, even the first half where we did everything but but put the ball in the back of the net, and and yeah, it's. Uh, Look, it's only early in the season, but you know, the boys have set the standard now and we don't fear anybody in the league. Um, and I think we proved that on the weekend. You've obviously been a part of uh, the club for a long time now. Can you remember a more complete performance like that one on the weekend? Even And if there is another one that sticks out like on the on the weekend, uh, is there one from your playing days as well that might even be up there? Look, it's, yeah, look, it, it, it's hard to, to, to judge on, on the league now, which I think is a very good standard as opposed to years ago. Um, you know, people tend to forget that years ago, a marquee player was a Del Piero, um, whereas now, you know, you've got these product players, that the visa players outside the cap that, that can earn big salaries. You know, the league is a lot stronger than it was years ago. Um, so, yeah, I think in terms of, you know, the lowest budget probably against the highest budget and, and the team, you know, top of the league, a team, that's had a, one less game um, going into you know going into that game. 
I thought it was, uh, again, a great performance, but plenty of areas to improve on. And I said that to the boys, you know, we, we, we have to put games to bed in the first half because if we didn't, you know, we could have, for example, could have been a penalty given the start of the second half and then we start chasing a game where we should have been falling up. And that's where, you know, the complexity of the, of the game changes and we can't, we can't take that risk. So, look, the boys know that we should have scored a couple of goals in the first half. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it's, you know, we don't plan to only score goals late in the game. And I think the chances created, shots on goal, the stats are there, apart from, you know, good, good goalkeeping saves or poor finishing. Um, and if we sort that out, then, then yeah, we can make it a lot more comfortable a lot earlier. But football is football. You have to play at the 95th minute and you have to make sure that you concentrate. And, and as much as Booker didn't have anything to do in the game, you know, you, uh, at the back, you have to concentrate because, again, quality plays in a quality league. One moment you lapse of concentration and you can find yourself losing the game that you've completely dominated. So, um, plenty to improve on. Um, and, and uh, you know, as always, you know, we will build, we'll build on that now and we've only got one game before the World Cup break. The travelling support from the fans was fantastic on Saturday night and the boys seemed like they were really buzzing after the game. How much was that a lift for them? And also, could you hear the active while Channel 10 were interviewing you on Saturday night? Because I reckon we made plenty of noise. <laughs> Ah, the fans are superb. Honestly, uh, you know, to to be honest, to to go to a, it's a great stadium to go to West Sydney. And again, I don't think we've won there in since 2017. But just just the fans to come down and give up a Saturday night to come and and give that support. You know, I'm I'm sure everyone there, you know, will will never forget that game because you know from month, from the start to the finish, we we dominated the game. It was chance after chance. Uh, you know, hitting the post constantly peppering uh, that goal where the fans were in the first half and then, you know, the second half for them to really bring us home and, and the boys to celebrate with them after. You know, it's, a, again, massive, uh, massive result for us. Um, and, yeah, look, the supporters are amazing and, and, you know, I just hope that we can get a good crowd this weekend. I know the club's doing, I think, 16 for 16. I don't know. There's, there's some good promotion going on. Um, so, you know, we'd love to get the stadium packed this weekend and, and give the boys going to the World Cup a good send-off and, and help us get three points before we have this mid-season break. But, yeah, the fans are amazing. Really, really top, top, top draw. So in the pre-season, Monty, there were some massive changes for the club. Obviously, Richard Peel coming in as the new chairman. Um, what kind of immediate changes have you noticed around the club as a whole when Rich arrived? Um, you mean, I mean, like, you know, the, the extra funds are going places. We can see that from the outside. Um, we're, we're sending our team to places in far-flung locations to test what they're like under pressure in our pre-season. We're doing uh, studies on decision-making with universities. What else? Look, again, Rich came in, obviously loves football. Um, you know, he's real passionate about about fitness and, and strength and conditioning, which is his thing. But, look, we're still the lowest budget team in the league so I don't know, you know there's no illusions that we spend the lowest in, amount out of everyone in the league but look what Rich did and, and what I asked him for is is some more resources and, and, and you take it for granted but you know an ice, an ice bath you know for the whole time I've been at the club an ice bath's been a, a dustbin you know that you fill up with water and ice and you know, we've never really put resources into that the recovery stuff and we've now got some proper ice baths that we can get down to a good temperature. Rich has put a sauna in there so, you know, the boys can have a sauna. And, and, and again, we're only talking, you know, minimum resources that you should have at a professional level, but look, that's where Rich has really helped us out and he's never said no, you know, and, and I don't want to waste $1 of, of funds that we're not going to use. 
Um, and look, we didn't go anywhere pre-season. You know, we went to Melbourne twice um, to get games, and I thought it was important with a new team to to get as many games as possible. We we played whoever wanted to play us in Sydney. We played Wellington, Melbourne City twice, um, and we tried to get you know enough games to get boys minutes into the legs because I don't think there's any uh, anything better than playing football um, and playing games, especially when you got a young team because that's the best way that they can learn. So. Yeah, look, Rich has come in again. Mike Charles, if you, I, I got on really well with Mike. You know, he's he's amazing guy. What he did for the club is is amazing. What he still does for the club. But look, Rich being on the ground a little bit, it's a little bit easier for me to pick the phone up and say, Rich, we need an ice bath, you know, or we need something to help boys that are injured. And and he's got contacts in in business through his business as well. Um, and he's just a really approachable guy that 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 wants to help out and wants to help myself and Sergio and the staff develop young players and, and get them in national teams, you know, which we have. We've now got under-17 captain, under-20 captain, boys in the Socceroos, and, and that's the first time in a long time that, that that's happened for the club. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, we, we, uh, we're we still the smallest club, the smallest budget, but I think that's never going to change. But the way that we're doing things is, is, is smart and, and we're investing in the right areas. He's brought in a number of good people or people with, you know, the experience that you would expect to be able to guide our players and our camp uh, in general. How do you – obviously that brings a lot of strong personalities into the picture. Um, How do you feel about how all all of the roles have settled in there? Um, I guess the underlying question there is Monty's running the ship, yeah, in the football department? Yeah, for sure. Look, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm the the gaffer. I, you know, ultimately are in charge of everything in football, you know. Uh, I've always been someone that – I don't know. I always found in football that you know people see people as a threat, you know whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, whatever it is, and and I see them as a resource and and you know a completely the opposite way. You know, everyone's got strengths. The, the key is to to use everybody to the strengths and you know got good personalities, uh, and I think you know getting on well and creating a good environment. You need good staff to do that, and and if everyone's buying into to what you're trying to achieve, then then yeah, I mean that that's. It's obviously a recipe for success. You know, we haven't achieved anything yet, but we know that as a club, we're about developing young players, selling players, bringing good visa players over for you know for low salaries that want to reinvent themselves, um, and and with an opportunity to also develop and sell them as well because the club needs needs to sell players to to break even, to try and break even and be sustainable. So you know, under no illusions about that, and and yeah, I think you know you you have to bring good people in. Um, to create a good environment and I love the staff I love all the staff that we have in and, and everyone's unique in, in what they bring and yeah it's my job to manage that and you know sometimes you have to yeah sometimes you have to make tough decisions on players and, and, and you know on staff whatever it is but you know, as long as you do it with the right intention for the club then yeah the club can keep growing and, and you know hopefully you know the club will the club will kick on for many many years maybe after we're all gone um, but yeah right now it's it's, it's you know, it's a real building phase and we're putting a real foundation in for, for many years to come. You did mention it very briefly there, of course, a number of junior Australian representatives that have come through the club and, of course, now Danny, Jason and Garang all being called up for the Socceroos, the news breaking this afternoon for the upcoming World Cup. A very proud moment, I'm sure, for, for not just them but the club as well. Yeah, a massive, massive moment for the club and every one of them's got a unique story. You know, I could spend an hour on the phone but... Vucker, Vucker's been around a long time, you know. He's he's he was over in Holland, you know. He wasn't having a good time, um, and look, he went to every qualifier. He, he, he 
you know, sacrificed a lot, leaving his family behind, went to every qualifier, supported the team. And I think deservedly he goes to the World Cup. And Jason Cummins a year ago was, you know, at Dundee, not happy, fell out of love with football. And we brought him over here knowing that he's a special talent. You know, you don't play for Glasgow Rangers or Nottingham Forest unless you're a top player. But, you know, Jason be the first to admit that. He, uh, yeah, he, he made a few wrong life choices, but he bought into coming out here and I think he's been an absolute sensation. Everybody loves him. I think every opposition coach and player loves him. And, and yeah, he's, he's, he's a... He's a massive talent and he's, he's 26, 27 years old. Um, and he's that speak for himself. He's a real team player and he's a different type of player than they have. And then Garang is, is Garang. You know, he's a, he's a young kid. He's a bundle of energy. He's, he's, again, when you talk about effectiveness on time on the pitch, I think he's up there with, with probably the best in the world of coming on, goals, assists. And, and, and yeah, you know, he's, I think he more than deserves to go. I can't think of a better player to bring off the bench. Uh, for the Socceroos and Garang and anyone that wants to argue with that then I'm happy to have an argument with him and, and have a look at the stats and, and and compare stats because he's a special talent and for us to have three players I think we're the only A-League club ever to have three players from one club in, in a World Cup squad and for the for the community for the club for the Central Coast I think it's fantastic and, and long may it continue So it's obviously speaking of uh, Kowal he you know we all know that he'll he'll be leaving us in January, have you had to put a sort of a, a contingency plan in place for the back end of the season, or are you sort of uh, more than confident with the squad that we have that we'll still have that sort of element of excitement? Look, we knew Grant's going in January, and, and that's why we brought Marco Trillio in. And, and, and you know, if anyone's has seen some of his touches already, he, he's, he's getting fit, he's an exceptional player. Um, he was at Sporting in Portugal, and, and again we got Sammy Silvera, we got Benny, Benny and Cololo, um, and and yeah, look, we've we've got a good squad. You know, the hardest thing for me is picking eleven players at the minute, and they all back each other like you know, like a big family. They all back each other. Whoever's playing, they support them. And look, sometimes your role is supporting off the bench. Sometimes it's starting. You know, and you got to look at Sammy Silvera. Started the first three games, scored two goals. Found himself on the bench. You know, comes off the bench with Michael Roos and scores a goal um, the other night. And, and yeah, look, you know, we've still got money to bring someone in in January if we need. Um, but for now, we'll enjoy Garang. And, and, and yeah, look, he's uh, yeah, he's going to go on to, to big things, no doubt, in the next couple of years. And hopefully we've seen playing for Newcastle in the Premier League. But Sammy, Sammy uh, Marco Tully or Benny, we've got other players as well that, that can play in them wide areas and up front. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're more than comfortable and, and got full belief in all the boys that we can have a good season. Last week on this podcast, I predicted that the replacement or one of the replacements would be um, Matthias Moresh, um, who was yeah, just sorry, really... Yeah, sorry, Mate, he was really... <laughs> he, he was carving the place up when he was injured and had just got to this point where he was really wringing the neck of some of the opposition, flipping balls over their heads and all sorts of things. So how big a headache is it going to be for you? We seem to have had a good laugh last week about the fact that we have one more visa player in our roster than we might need ultimately. Is that a good headache to have? Look, Maresh is an exceptional player. You know, For him, it took him a, while, a little bit longer to settle than, than some players, but I think when he settled and... Again, he was unplayable. When he got injured, it was, uh, you know, it was a joy to watch. He was for defenders. Game. For defenders, he was. He was unplayable. He scored goals that no one else can score in the league. And his power and his strength and his skill. You know, unfortunately, an ACL injury is, yeah, look, 
we're not going to rush Maresh, you know. What what we what we know about ACL injuries is that you have to give him time. So we're hoping he'd be back this season, you know. But if he's not, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'll be honest with you on the podcast and, and you know, Ben and, and Kalolo, we had offers for Benny in the off-season. He, he started the season slow, but I think he's all against West Sydney Wanderers again, getting back to his best. And, and look, you know, maybe in January... We get another bid and, and we can't hold on to Benny. You know who knows. You know we don't know what's going to happen in January. No. Jason scores at the World Cup. You no, know, I'm pretty sure there'll be interest in him. So we tried not to look look past uh, look past you know the next window. Um, but you know Brian Caltat's come in on an injury placement and and again you know I think everyone can see what 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 a great guy he is and and what an exceptional talent he is. Um, you know at 29 to to be making his debut in professional football and to take to it like he has, I think he's going to get better and better. So, yeah, look, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Maresh is, is still a long way off. Um, it's great to see him back training with the boys and, and smiling on the training ground because if anything knows anything about Brazilian players, they, they love football, they live for it. And when they can't do it, it's uh, it's not nice, but he's a great guy. And again, he's really helping his friend Marco, who's another exceptional talent, um, settling and, and he's settling really, really quick. Speaking of some of that sort of recruitment, how much of a role does uh, Sergio have to play in all that? Because I, from speaking to him, it feels like he's sort of someone that necessarily doesn't want much uh, exposure or the plaudits, but he probably deserves a bit more. Oh, Sergio is, is, again, I've said it before, without doubt, the best coach I've ever ever come across. And, and, and I say that hand on heart, you know. I always, the biggest compliment I can give Sergio is I wish that I was coached by him as, as a young player. Um, because I work with some of the best in the world that, that are still coaching in the Premier League now, and I think Sergio's knowledge and, 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 and ideas are far superior than, than most. And, and again, he's my right hand man. He speaks seven languages, which is good. So he can he can speak to the, the visa boys in, in a different language, so I don't get annoyed. Which is a special <laughs> talent. <laughs> he can tell him stuff in a different language, like I said. So, but he's just he's the most humble guy you've ever come across. He's the most hardworking. And not him, you know, the rest of the staff, you know, Bryce Johnson, the, the S&C, um, you know, John Donnelly, the, the, the physio, I could name them all, Miguel, the new goalkeeper and coach, like, you know, the staff just work so hard and they work behind the scenes, the analysis guys and, and too many to name. Uh, Andy Manel working with them on the athletes, uh, athletic development side of it. So, look, again, it's never about me or any individual. It's always about us as a, as a team and, and, and the staff. We're all one team. And everyone wants the best for each other, but Sergio is is an exceptional human being, and his knowledge is is yeah, it's outrageous. He's taught me a lot, you know, from when I finished playing. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's yeah, like I said, probably can't speak any more highly of him, but he doesn't like to take any credit. Um, but I always give him credit, and everybody knows what what um, you know. He's my right hand man, and together, you know, we we decide on everything and. After every week, we decide what we're going to do in training, and 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 yeah, we put the sessions together, we deliver them together, um, and yeah, he's uh, he's a top guy. So speaking of Sergio, he has actually slid into our DMs this week, and uh, he mentioned that you might have a, a bit of a story to tell about Neil Warnock and bowling. <laughs> oh, funny! Um, yeah, I, I was actually we were stuck in Wellington in the airport coming back, and and. Uh, I just started telling some Neil Warnock stories and the boys were just cracking it up. And yeah, the bowling stories one that I think you'll find um, online somewhere. But yeah, we uh, we got snowed in one day and we couldn't train. There's too much snow on the field. Um, and Warnock said, look, 
let's all let's all go temping bowling, get any cars. So we get down to the bowling alley and uh, yeah, it's a lot. Everyone put twenty quid in. Let's have a you know, let's have a let's have a game. Everyone put twenty quid in. Winner takes all. So can you imagine? I know thirty players, ten staff. That's forty people. You do the maths. Twenty pound each, and 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 yeah, the next thing he, he pulls out this bag. He pulls out this bowling ball, which is his own personal ball. <laughs> Start, starts polishing it, and, and everybody's just like, what the hell's going on here? Starts laughing. And then he just proceeded to just hit a strike every time, cleaned up all the money, and, and put, he put his ball away in his bag, and, and, off, and off he went. And that, that was yeah, that was just one of the stories, but absolute classic. <laughs> it's an absolute shark. <laughs> yeah, real, real character. Who would win in a race between you and Sergio? Is uh, is another question that we also had. Oh, me and that look. Sergio used to be doing. He used to be a sprinter when he was younger. Um, but yeah, for sure, me. I'd overpower him. <laughs> I think after twenty meters, I, I would just draw away from him. But you know, I give it a good crack anyway. He's uh, he's a real competitor. One question that we have been asked from uh, one of our listeners this week is uh, around sort of tactically and how the game's evolved over the years. It's uh, Mick Met for, for reference, mentions that we haven't really had a, a defensive midfielder at the Rounders since uh, Gianni uh, moved on. Um, what are you trying to uh, achieve in, in that sort of role and how has the game sort of evolved away from having defensive centre midfields? How do Maxi and Niz fit what you're trying to achieve there? Look, I'll be honest with you, I always thought Johnny was a centre-back. I never thought he was a centre-midfielder. Again, you know, it depends on how you want to play. If you want to sit back and, and defend, then yeah, have a defensive midfielder. But if you want to be a team that has the ball, that attacks, you know, that that, that allows players to get forward and score, you know, then, then yeah, you can't play with, with someone that wants to drop in the back four and, you know, drop in between the two centre-backs because that's, uh, that's not my identity. I don't like that. It's not my playing style um, so yeah but you recruit for what, what what the way that you want to play and that's the same for every coach in the world um, but look the game has evolved massively you know, I, I tell the boys it's not it's not about 11 players now it's about 18 19 players and, and, and rotating and players coming off the bench you only got to look at Newcastle at the minute the fourth in the Premier League I think they used six subs last weekend I think that was one of the first times in, in the Premier League this season so the game evolves the game evolves and you know the high intensity efforts, the sprinting, the the, you know, is way way ahead of what it was years ago, and that's why that's why you need to be fit and and if you want to play aggressive football, you, you know you can't expect people to do that for ninety five minutes and, and that's why you have a good squad. Um, but Max and Nizzy again, Max and Nizzy, Steely, Dan Orla can play in there, Nectar can play in there, um, but I think again you're talking about two exceptional young players that don't get the credit they deserve um, but you know people are starting to take notice now at, at how efficient they are and not only defending but attacking because that's how you have to be if you want to be a top midfielder these days All about the verticality as opposed to sort of side to side or necessarily playing a, a system I suppose That's a nice word Ver- Verticality Is that, <laughs> Is that a word? word? <laughs> Did you just make that up? It is now That's good Speaking of okay. a few of those, um, a few of those academy graduates, have you sort of noticed a big shift in what the applications are like for our academy in comparison to say maybe four or five years ago when things weren't as good? Um, obviously, the huge success that we've had with sort of some of these guys coming through our academy. Have you seen sort of a big shift in sort of the standard of players wanting, you know, to maybe come here instead of maybe going to a Wanderers or a Sydney FC? 
honestly, if I could write a list down and tell you the amount of agents and players that have contacted me from other clubs in the last two years, you know, virtually begging to come to the Mariners. And, and again, we're talking players from, from the clubs that you've mentioned there because they see a, they see a, a, a pathway, you know, they see opportunity. But I'll be honest with you, apart from one or two, I always look at the player and think, well, you're not better than what we have in the, in the academy. So why would I bring a, a player in from another club? You know, and, and it's amazing how many have been on scholarship contracts at big clubs, the so-called big clubs, and they're happy to come here on an NPL contract. Or, you know, their agents demand, oh, I come for a scholarship. And I just laugh and just say, why would I bring them on a scholarship when, when I've got better players here that are on NPL contracts? So, again, you're always looking for the best kids. And I think we've, we've shown that with Nectar. You know, Nectar is a player that was at Wanderers. He never got a sniff. You know, they never give him any minutes. He hardly trained with the first team. And I saw him play against our NPL team, and and I thought the kid was exceptional. And you know, to to bring him in on a on a three year early contract is is something that, again, is an exceptional player who's captain in the under twenty national team now, and I think everybody's seen. So, you know, it's our academy is is statistically the number one in Europe for developing players into the first team. So, super proud of that. Um, and yeah, long long may that continue as well. So what do you think about this weekend, looking ahead to MacArthur? It's obviously the last match before the World Cup break. Um, did you sort of set any goals prior to the season before the World Cup break? Are we, If we get the three points on the weekend, are we where sort of you want us to be? Yeah, look, again, it was always going to be a strange strange season, you know, having a break. We've missed the Jets game. That that was a game I felt we would have, you know, we, we could have got three points. Um, that was cancelled. So, look, yeah, of course, you want as many points on the board as possible before this World Cup break. Um, but then I think it's important again it's going to be a break who knows what's going to happen in three or four weeks and then we're going to start again so every team's going to approach it differently um, you know we're, we're fortunate we've been invited over to Vanuatu for a week in which we're going to play the national team there and, and, and go over there and play three games and then we'll come back and we've got two weeks to, to, to train and play some games before the before the season starts again so yeah obviously wanting to get three points this Saturday no, no game is easy you know, MacArthur are going to come. You know, they've got some good attacking players in De Silva and De Villa, um, and and no doubt they'll you know they'll they'll sit back and and try not to to be exposed. But we've got to you know we've got to break them down and and we've got to perform like we have the last couple of weeks and, and not take anything for granted. Finally, just before we let you go there, Monty, uh, looking ahead to the World Cup, who's your tip? Oof. That question is for Bra- Aussie Nick. It's hard to go past Brazil when you look at their squad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree after but, I saw that this morning. <laughs> yeah, but who knows? Again, I'm hoping the Socceroos get some good results and, and again, be following the, the boys because I think that's you know great for the game here. Yeah. And, and for us to have some players involved in it, I'll be cheering them on uh, like never before. I think Brazil, uh, looking at the squad they released this morning, very, very top-heavy. I think they were taking three goalkeepers, two defenders, and 23 <laughs> strikers. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, there'll be goals. <laughs> uh, it's exciting, exciting times. Looking forward to it. Um, but first, of course, it all uh, kicks off again this weekend, Sunday afternoon at our Paradise Central Coast Stadium as we host MacArthur. Can't wait to see you there, Monty. Can't wait to see the boys going around. Um, we'll see you then. Cheers, guys. Make sure the fans come out in force and let's give it a, give the boys a good send-off and, and uh, yeah, three points before the break. 100%. Thanks again for taking the time. Cheers, guys. Take care. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit.
Let's, of course, have a quick look at the Coast Football Ramble Tipping and Fantasy League, starting with the fantasy side of things. Uh, it is Quality FC Cameron, who is leading the league at this point in time, 520 points. Jesus H. Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not bad after five rounds. Followed closely by Trogs FC Carl Morrow, of course, 516 points. Um, looking at Quality FC's score for this round, 138 points. Not the best I've seen in this league, though. Fourth place, Hand of Godsk, uh, Daniel. Um, 146 points this round. Jesus. <laughs> that is heavy. It's like one third of my Ooh, points in one game. There's, one, there's one even higher. Oh, get out of Down it. Down in uh, 21st, the Enka la 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 160 points this round. 60 points. Brandon, shout out to you for being the round champion this week in the Coast Football Ramble Fantasy League. And for that name. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, I'll run. Is that a new chant? We've got a couple for Benny. I think we'll be all right. We've got plenty, actually. Moz, we see you there, of course, in 12th place with 449 points. I'm coming right up behind you, 439 points, mate. I will catch you. Yes, it does appear that my days may be numbered and also I am crap. <laughs> As we were just saying off mic, though, um, I had Triantis and, and, uh, and Vandersarg on the bench this week, so bum, bum. 13 and, and 11 points for them uh, would have been another 24 points to me as opposed to the fucking two and, and one that Clure and Jameson got. So, mm. yeah, cheers, guys. Um, but some changes to be made there. Good fun, though. Good banner, boys. Um, and how did you go, Josh? in the head-to-head? Uh, I was beaten by Moz by, what, 20 points or Well, so? after, after Pete beat me and who else beat me last week, someone else beat me the week before, then I was just... Hey, you're the fantasy expert here, <laughs> so you should be beating me. It's just doing it for a bit of fun. Come on. I'm not taking it that seriously. This game is wink, not... E- wink. This game is not exactly like um, FPL, so uh, I feel I'm a bit out of I'm not taking it that seriously. He says down in 63rd place. <laughs> <laughs> I am taking it very seriously and I'm in 74th. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> are, you, are you closing in on Josh and he's 63rd? Out of 87. You've got to get rid of Lacroix. There's 20 out. plus people worse than me. I'll take that. He's out. He's dragging you down, literally. He seriously is. <laughs> Minus bloody seven. Uh, oh, well, at least Eggie's behind you. Sorry, Egg. <laughs> and of course, looking across at the Coast Football Ramble tipping competition, it is quality, again, at the top of the league with 16 points. Uh, we have quite a few on 15, including yourself there, Aaron, Benny, not the Jets, uh, Lachlan Reddies, uh, Marty Mariner, Rasmus, uh, Matt Simon says, I like this one, um, all on 15 points in second spot with uh, myself there on third uh, with 14 points. I got four from six this week. I'm happy with that. That's not bad. I got three. Yeah, I was rubbish. Three. Yeah, there was a couple of shocks in the round, of course, as we uh, just mentioned with the the Brisbane result. Didn't pick it. The uh, you know, ashamedly, I didn't tip the Mariners this week. I tipped the draw. So, me too. A couple of extra points I could have picked up there. <laughs> and look what happens when you do that. You do that in a Mariners fan league. Mm. There's a lot of tippers who are just tipping <laughs> the Mariners. Who cares? It's a reverse jinx. If, yeah. I, don't, if I don't tip them to win, exactly. we win. So exactly. I'm going to keep going with it. Hey, I knew what I was up against, so my bad. I used to I used to play in a, a tipping competition where someone who had no idea about it just tipped the away team every week. <laughs> 
and then ended up finishing second. <laughs> Infuriating. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. You boys come up with a good question. It is, of course, that time of the week where we answer your questions. And as always, thank you all so much for all your submissions across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the ccmfans.net forum. Starting things off with the man, Brian Eggy Glasgow. How good? Just how fucking good? Still buzzing. <laughs> That's the most eggy comment ever. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exactly like it. And it's got four beer emojis after it, so that of makes course. it even more eggy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some, uh, yes some, is the answer. Some after effects from celebrating the goals this yeah, weekend. Yeah, that's right. It has the uh, torn toenail. He fa- yeah, he found it half still attached, apparently. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Found it <laughs> on Sunday morning, or <laughs> yeah, went for a swim at uh, probably up at Catho, knowing him, and uh, and cleaned it out. So yeah, good on him. Yeah, had a couple of nice little bruises there as well. So um, what a night! So good to have him back amongst it, and uh, and be back amongst it with him as well. David Foxel on Facebook. Hey boys, loving the pod. Thanks, David. Loving you too. Um, would Saturday's performance be up there with some of our greatest performances? I thought the fitness levels to press and attack for ninety minutes were definitely up there. And such a great feeling to give Marco a taste of his own medicine by matching the Wanderers physically. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it's it's yeah, like sort of we were saying, it's hard to think of a performance, um, both scoreline and just in general, where we've played like that. It's it's hard. Yeah, and as we mentioned before, like the way that we just totally dominated another side. It's definitely got to be up there for sure. Oh, yep. It's a relentless, absolutely yeah. ruthless all over the park. And um, you can tell um, this is a side that that believes in each other. Absolutely. Got to give a shout out to Bryce <laughs> and the rest of the staff for the fitness levels at the moment. The fitness levels to be able to press for 90 minutes is very impressive. And hopefully we can keep that up because, uh, yeah, that we're, we're going to definitely trouble a lot of teams if we can produce consistent performances like that each week. Yeah, it was an amazing performance, to be honest, and unexpected as part of the reason why it felt so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't think of a lot of performances that um, that have been more um, comprehensive, to be honest. Um, if I'm if I'm desperately trying to find one, I'm going to take uh, coming back from 2-0 down in Newcastle in a second semi-final and uh, <laughs> beating up the Jets 3-0 with Sasha Petrovsky with a couple and uh, the Kwasnick. Getting People's the other champion. one. Yep. Um, that's probably the only thing I can think of that comes close, and maybe I feel that way because I sat there with about fifteen thousand others enjoying that. So I think it was nineteen. It was actually, nineteen. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, it was a lot. I know that. So they hung up the sold out signs for the uh, first time at Central Coast Stadium. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, not many. That's for sure, if any. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Stephen Bolger, uh, just touching on that as well. Was the game against Western Sydney the most consistent and dominant performance we've ever seen a Mariners team play? It was, as I said. Relentless. Yeah, it was. Yep. 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 Um, just made me think of something from last week's pod, actually, where uh, someone asked the question. I think it was you, Luke, actually, who asked the question. Yes, when was hello. the last time we scored four goals and a half? Oh, yes. Yes. So shout out to Andrew Thurban, who messaged me um, shortly after that. Um, he immediately brought up the Sydney 7-2 game, which was nearly 10 years to the day of the uh, of the Western United game. But it also happened twice more during that season as well. What a wild season that was. We beat <laughs> Victory 6-1. 6-2, sorry, at yeah. home in the, uh, in the rain, driving rain. Yeah. Um, and the other one was against the Knicks. 
Mm. Yeah, that team was quite good, weren't they? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> not bad. It was all right. It was all right. <laughs> decent. Yeah. And Prime McGlinchey, we had the goal machine. We had Tommy Rogic. How was how that 10 years ago? That's crazy. I yeah, know. That's yeah. flying by. Um, good omen for this season? I'll take it. Take anything. I'll we take look it. good. That's all that matters. Mm. We've got standards now. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, dick- no dickheads. Yeah. Mm. Um, shout out, I think, to uh, I think it was Alan Clout who also messaged us on Facebook about that one there as well. Samuel McPherson on Facebook. Qual provides so much coming off the bench. What is the plan come January when Garang departs? Is it Moresh or another youngster? The plan is to go into the fetal position uh, <laughs> and cry repeatedly. No, I think um, Moresh to come back from his ACL injury. And um, like Monty said, you know, we're not going to rush that, but. I think what we've seen at the moment from Tulio is good and exciting. Um, and so hopefully that will keep on improving. And, you know, it's it's a concern, yes, that when he goes, that what impact are we going to have off the bench and who's going to fill that void? But someone's going to have to step up. Um, and, yeah, my money is on either Maresh to come back from ACL and to light the place on fire like he did uh, right before he did it uh, or Tulio to to start to come really good. Or Benny to continue with his, you know, glittering form and continue to be provider, score many himself, um, put the gum dingo in. We've got we've got lots of different options. I, I don't – everyone's right that we will miss Garang, but I just don't see that it's just Garang. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a few people pointed out to me since I wasn't in the ground, this was not a one-man performance mm. in this game. This was a full-team performance and that's what it looked like. Um, and speaking of, I don't actually think we mentioned Benny. And, you know, he definitely looked back to his um, good form of last season as well. Yeah, and, and but I think it can improve because he'll want more goals. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just think we've got options there. And uh, honestly, I'm starting to trust that Monty will find some ways because... You know, he's, he's bought Tulio here. First few weeks, mm, yeah, comes on in this or in this game, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hang on, there's something there that looks good. And so he's rising quickly, and there's just so many examples of that now um, that we've already counted out. So, yeah, I think we'll be fine. We've got, um, as as you guys have already said, um, Benny Tulio, Sammy Silvera. You've got some pretty exciting youth coming through. Um, you know, Kuzevsky was playing. As a winger during preseason, um, he's got all the attributes. Um, Jordan Segreto is another young one coming through, very talented as well. So um, we'll be fine. Speaking of Garang, though, Scotty McGee um, wants to know who would you or would you guys say that Garang is by far the best impact player in this league? It's a pretty simple, yes. For yes. Me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right now, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and Cameron Oxley. Uh, wants to know, are we planning to get Kowal back on loan for the remainder of the season come January? Also, how far away is 10 Kowal from breaking into the first-team squad? Um, unfortunately, no, and unfortunately not. Very far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teng's uh, gone to Western Sydney Wanderers uh, for the season, um, and, uh, yeah, I think we're maybe a 0.03% chance of getting Kowal back on loan. Based on last weekend, though, he might make the first team at Western Sydney pretty soon. <laughs> Next weekend. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They need help. Um, over to Twitter where Eddie says, are we one of the most exciting teams in the league and why is the answer yes? I actually think we are. 
there just isn't any other answer to that. And you see a lot of we're getting a lot of praise from other yeah fan, other fans. That's what I was about to say. There's there's a lot of neutrals that are enjoying what we're doing, um, which I think is exciting. Um, and yeah, I tweeted this the other day, but our our the average age of our Australian outfield starting players was twenty. I think it was twenty one point something. It was young. And then the average age of the four Australians that came off the bench was 20 and a bit. Like there's, there's no other club that's doing that. None. And of, of young players that have, you know, for the most part come through our academy, been scouted by Monty and Sergio from other A-League clubs like, uh-huh. you know, Bruce and Triantis, guys that weren't getting a chance, not really being believed in, and then they come here and look how they go. Yeah, so Aqu- add Aqualina to the list Aqualina there as well. It's all about the environment they were in and mm. the environment that they're in now where they're actually given a chance to grow, develop and flourish. And there must be some sort of cue at the door at the moment because, mm. you know, young players and their parents, they're not stupid. They know where their kids are going to get a chance and look at the chances that we're given to players. Yeah. It's a ridiculous number of chances and, you know, they're grabbing it with both hands or... Well, maybe they're not, but either way, they're getting those opportunities. So, you know, when you're a young player with a lot of talent, there's only one place you want to be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. Oh, it's back to the good old days. It's who we are. It's who we should be. It's who we perhaps arguably have always been, mm. um, but we haven't always been able to. Uh, so it's uh. lovely to get back to it. And, yeah, you know, it'll be disappointing if we lose this player or that player, but how exciting that being looked at in the way that we are looked at. And, you know, on that question about Garang, um, we won't be getting him back on loan, but we will be enjoying watching him. Like I now have a reason to watch Newcastle United potentially because it does seem like their fans genuinely are, you know, waiting, tapping their fingers for him to arrive and to actually get a chance in the first team. So who knows? Maybe he's not going on loan. Yeah, um, I don't think it. Look, I don't think it'll be this season that he that he plays. But the level of excitement over there is high. Oh, so, yeah. so yeah, the chances of him being loaned back here, I think, are low mm. in part because they're so excited about. You what say hello. Whoa, I didn't mean to, but I squeezed it in there somewhere, didn't I? Hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) Jeez, imagine having him as a weapon as well at the moment. Absolutely. Hello and the company. Can he come back online? (laughs) (laughs) Cameron Smith, I like this one. If you could have a midfield of three Mariners players who never played in the same team, who would it be? Now, Cameron picks uh, Gianni Stensness, Tom Hiralia, and uh, Tommy Rogic. This is a great question. This is a very good question. Yeah. Needs more thought, though. I'm going to jump straight into Millie Ednack. Yeah, he was my first. You yeah. got it. You got it. Jedi Niz, just because I think that would look mm-hmm. a bit funny. That's sort, of <laughs> <laughs> sort of where my head went there as well, with Jedi and Niz. Uh, I don't know about a third. I don't know. Midfielders. So I was thinking Jedi, Hiralia and, and Rogic, potentially. Um, but then I was like, oh, do I bring Niz in? Mm. Yeah. It's a tough one. Mm. I think we're safe with that because they didn't overlap, did they? No, none of them overlapped. Okay. So I don't mind it. I agree on Niz and Tommy. Yeah, I, I sort of do too. Yes. So if you, if, you bring, if you bring Rogic in, you've got to have grafters around him. Because he's a, he's a luxury player, isn't he, at the end of the day. He drifts mm. in and out when he wants to, um, but when he's on, he's on. So I think 
Jedi, Niz and, and Rogic, probably. Oh, I don't know. I'm so torn between Niz and Hiradier. What a combination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I miss Tom. <laughs> this question is maybe miss Tom again. <laughs> Tommy in this in this team. Watching that watching that video of the seven two again and him walking that ball into the net. Oh <laughs> from the th- from the throw in? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I think Josh was talking about Tommy Nardier, not Tom oh, uh, Tom Rogic. Oh well, uh, either or. <laughs> same same, same. He loves both. I love both equally. Um, yeah, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I'm, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi and Rogic are in there. Um, then flick a coin, flip a coin between uh, Italia and uh, and Niz for me. Can't believe you're not on Shane Hugh. <laughs> I fucking love Shane Hugh. You yeah, know what? Get Crowley it. in it as well while you're at it. But they did overlap, so I couldn't have both of them at the same time. Do that. Yeah, what a throwback. Should <laughs> <laughs> I pull that out? Mm. Could have gone Patricio Perez. Oh, I completely forgot about him. <laughs> it's not a horrible shout, you know. No, I was thinking about it. He's in the Rogic space there. That's yeah. where I was thinking about whether or not. Uh, hmm. could have Perez, been Perez, Niz and Hiania. Could have been anything mm. Perez, but yeah, yeah I, I think I picked Rogic over him just based on what he went on to afterwards. Fair call. Never forget Perez lighting up Cooper Stadium, but. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we were there for that. It was phenomenal. Uh, Rocky on Twitter says, I got a bad feeling we won't be seeing much of Dan Hall at centre-back this season. Uh, am I the only one that thinks that Dan and Triantis would be the best centre-back pairing? I know they are young, but they'll only get better. Up the source. I don't disagree with this, but the way Caltech's playing at the moment, you can't change it. Yep. 100%. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see it uh, as a pairing to see what it would do. But at the moment, it's not going to happen. Bring back Dan. Dan Triantis. <laughs> As co-president of the Dan Hall fan club, I demand his reinstatement. I think the premise of the question is right, that they are the best two. Yep. That on paper, they appear to be the best two. But yep. now it's unclear because Caltech deserves his spot. Look, he was good. Yep. He was good on the weekend. He was pretty torrid against Wellington, let's face it, let's be honest, and Perth. And I think for the most part against Western as well, against Western United. There was... Moments where he was solid, absolutely fantastic aerially. Um, positionally, though, just lacked a little bit for me. I think Dan adds that. Um, and his passing was a little bit suspect at times in the Western game as well. But take nothing away from the performance against the Wanderers on the weekend. He was phenomenal. So That's the stand. That's what we've got to see to keep Dan out of the team. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So if he keeps that up, it's going to be tough. But on paper, I think, yeah, Hawley and Triantis is, is my first pick. Of course, this afternoon, or by the time this episode drops, uh, we saw the announcement of the Socceroos squad for the FIFA World Cup in Qatar in just a couple of weeks' time. Fellas, we've already spoken about it, but how good Kamdog, Garang, and Danny Vukovic all getting call-ups from the Mariners. Three Mariners in the Socceroos squad. Three current Mariners in the Socceroos squad. The trend yep. continues. How good. Mariners... Uh, or ex-Mariners players have been captains at the last three World Cups. That's not a bad shift, you know. How good's that? Um, You're welcome, Australia. Yeah, it's huge. Huge for the three of them. Um, stoked that Arnie did the right thing with most of the selections. Um, picked 
you know, I mean, what what harm in what harm is there in picking you know Garang? It's it's what we've seen him do off the bench um, has been incredible, and I'm, I'm going to assume he's going to be used in the same way. And when when we're losing five nil to France, what harm <laughs> is there to throw Garang on to <laughs> see what he can do? Um, Stoke for Cummings. Um, glad he's in there as a bit of a different option. I mean, for me, Duke. McLaren and you know Taggart uh, three quite similar players and Cummings just adds that little bit of point of difference. Mm. Um, you know he's obviously been he's been playing regularly, he's been impacting regularly. We haven't seen that from Taggart. He's been hardly playing. He was left out of the squad altogether, mm. and he's club side over the weekend. Um, and he's been coming. He, he had a pretty long injury prior to that as well, so. I mean, the the one that I am a little bit surprised about is Vukovic. I'm I obviously adore Vuka. I'm super stoked for him that he gets to gets to go to another World Cup. But I am a bit surprised that he got selected. The fact that Mitch Langerak is not in the squad is absolutely criminal. It's very hard on Langerak after, of course, he was asked to come out of retirement by Graham Arnold, mm. um, and. He would have been thinking, you know, being J-League Keeper of the Year, I think he was, 14 clean sheets throughout the quarters of the season. Um, it's harsh on him. Yeah, I mean, th- there's there's a fair argument, you know, to make if I take off my yellow and blue glasses that he should be starting given – and I know people disagree with that and I think I think Matty Ryan is overall the better goalkeeper. But if you're picking players based on form and how many minutes they've been playing recently, you have to go with Langerak. I saw somewhere earlier today that he's had more clean sheets in the last 12 months than Ryan has had appearances. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's very odd and it's very shitty on Langerak, I think. And he's, you know, Langerak's 34, which I don't know how that happened. It still feels like he's 19, but um, I mean, that's, you know, he's obviously a goalkeeper, but it's, it's given the way that it's all sort of uh, transpired, you would think that's probably it for him at World Cup level. Yeah. Look, it's a shame, but take nothing away from, you know, the opportunity that it affords Vuka, mm. um, a yep. chance to sort of start closing out his career on on a real high after the the real low that was the Olympics um, all those years ago, back in what two thousand eight. Eight. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's sort of come, not not full circle, but in a way. Yeah, and you know, the, the, I think it's the next. Uh, you know, the family Christmas might be interesting. I was about to say that he's left out Sainsbury's, which it's, it's a surprise, but it's also not. I'm I'm not surprised. I, I mean, I'm, based on performances, yeah, I, I think it's 100 percent the right call. Mm, Even I would agree. I, I don't think I don't think he's been that good for the Socceroos. He's he's not necessarily playing at that high of a level. Uh, you kind of look at it who club level. misses out for him. Yeah, it's it's I'm completely fine with him not being picked in the squad just like I'm completely fine with Rogic not being picked in the squad it's yep. it's mm. but but this is where the inconsistency sort of does start to come into it because then he picks Vukovic and not like Rogic <laughs> so like it's <laughs> is that what happened though or did he I pick uh, Redmayne instead of Langerak well that's also yeah. that's also a fair point I mean is Redmayne being picked literally for penalties you don't get penalties if you don't make it to the knockout round we've only right. done that once haven't we so yeah not sure that's the And if Ryan need. gets injured, which he apparently had a bit of a knee niggle on the weekend, which is why he was left out of his mm-hmm. uh, left out of the squad uh, for Copenhagen, then we have Redmayne or Vukovic starting at a World Cup, which given Langerak not being there at all, I don't know if I'm all right with that. 
Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, I just question whether or not it's really Vukas and I'm not abs- I'm not suggesting even that Redmayne is terrible. Um, I mean, the penalty thing, it is big. Um, but, yeah. Uh, outside of that, though, I want to talk about at least four Mariners. I was say, there's four former yep. Mariners in there in uh, Mitchell Duke. Well, I want to go with four current Mariners because I, we haven't even got half a season out of Kai overseas. And some <laughs> He's of only the, just come back from injury. He's the reigning Mariners medalist and, again, mm. the back-to-back reigning Mariners medalist. So I want to congratulate him and feel good about him as much as Hugely. I feel good about yep. any of the others. He earned that spot with what he did here last year and the year before. Um, as a dominant, he was great in qualifying. Yeah, and he just every level that was thrown at him. Um, we hope that Grant can um, fit in the same space. And as for those guys, so stoked to see like the whole premise on which we managed to get the Cumdingo to come here was to for his chance at being selected for the Socceroos. And so he's come here. He's he's literally lighting the joint up with the quality of the shows on the pitch, and he was showing it last year. Um, he's changed the direction to some extent for our own club, and it's so nice to be able to see him actually collect that success um, that he aimed for and uh, so nice that the the club is, you know, so behind him on that. So um, as for Grang, I just can't see – I mean, I guess you guys, we were talking a little bit about it, Tilio, Grang, who is it? Well, I just don't feel like – like Tilio, great player, um, you know, serviceable option for a winger, um, quite elusive, all that sort of thing. But he just isn't a game breaker the way that Garang is. And uh, you have to take advantage of that while it exists. I, I don't doubt that Arnie will throw him on there and have him running at Saliba at the back of the French defence with 10 minutes to go. Um, why wouldn't he? Because, you know, Saliba will be like having the turning circle of a B-double <laughs> while Garang is slotting one in the far top corner just to upset him. So, yeah, I'm super stoked that, that uh, everything about the Mariners so far this season has been positive. We maybe didn't start the season well, but we've um, built up nicely, got some good performances under us, backed our um, fellas who have that opportunity. They've got that opportunity and uh, how nice to sit back now and figure out where we're going to go to watch uh, World Cup games and see our boys playing. Fantastic. So, 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 so thrilled for him and thrilled for the club and, and um, for all the effort that Monty's put into it and the coaching staff have put into it in general, uh, Richard and all of those guys who have, you know, really got behind it. Even the media for um, pumping us up. Usually, you know, mm. the years go by and oh, the Mariners, we begrudgingly get a mention by somebody um, just because they have to and we're not that team anymore. People want to go and watch us play because there's something there it's, and it's exciting. And um, don't know about you guys, I am loving it. Yeah, I think looking at the squad overall, it's about as good as it's going to get, I think. <laughs> I think so. It's a, it's a mixture of I think there's nine that have played at World Cups prior and the rest are all making their World Cup debuts, which at some point we have to start the next generation, the next sort of a cycle. And I think we're, we're slowly starting to do that. So You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it. 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 Let's look ahead to a match day six of our Liga action, of course, kicking off on Friday night. The original rivalry, as it has been dubbed, Adelaide United playing host to Melbourne Victory. Fellas, thoughts? This is always a fun one. Yeah. Um, Spicy. Yeah, that's tough because they both had good wins last week. Both scored plenty of goals. Is that a Craig Goodwin pun? It wasn't, but it can be. <laughs> um, it's getting late. Yeah, Adelaide. I'm going to sit on the fence and go draw. This is tough, but I too am going to go with the home team, Adelaide. 
by mm. a very small margin indeed. This will be a good game. There'll be starch in it. I'm just going to go different to you guys and say Vark. Um, of course, the early kickoff on Saturday. That lot from up the road, Newcastle playing host to Melbourne City. City. City by three. City, Soz, not Soz. City. Comfortably. Primetime football on Saturday night. Uh, Sydney FC hosting Western Sydney Wanderers. Should be a big crowd, apparently. Apparently ticket sales are going very well. A big crowd to watch the battle of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Two teams that are out of kind of out of form now. Um, Die nil nil as this has written all over it. I was going to say again, fence it, fence it a how yeah, I'm drawing. nil nil draw. I think shit nil get away with it, but just. I think Wanderers will bounce back. To be Oof. honest, we're all over the shop on this, mm. aren't we? No, I think Wanderers. We'll bounce back. I think Sydney have shown their defensive frailties at centre-back uh, with Gerd and Vlastelica. Um, so, yeah, I think Kripic has got enough about him to um, to get through them. Of course, if he finds his way out from Trance's pocket. Yep. Sunday afternoon, Wellington time. It's the one o'clock kickoff as Wellington Phoenix host Western United. Another, another big Wellington win, please. Yep. That'll be a nuts win. Knicks. Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. Lacroix. Own goal. La Croix. Um, you've, you've fucking said his name four different ways. <laughs> 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 I'm not French, all right? La Croix. I'm bogan Australian. No, no. <laughs> La Croix. La Croix. <laughs> fucking. What do you wear on your feet? La Crocs. <laughs> Leo La Leaving oh, Scene. <laughs> Leo La Doesn't Matter. Um, <laughs> Uh, of course, before the Sunday afternoon, uh, 3 p.m. kickoff, the good guys, your Central Coast Mariners playing host to MacArthur. We'll come back to that in a second because we do have one other game on Tuesday night. Uh, nope, that has been pushed to Tuesday the 10th of January, so don't worry about it. I was just about to say, <laughs> what? Do we? I'm looking at my fixture. What have I done? Yeah, no, match day six uh, has been pushed to... Yeah, Tuesday the 10th of January, 10.30pm at Macedonia Park. So, looking ahead to uh, to our fixture, fellas, as we play host to Shouldn't Exist FC. <laughs> Foxtel <laughs> FC V2. It's Cowbell really hard for Cowbell me Austin. to verbalise just how much I fucking hate this club, man. Yeah. You must like their coach. It's... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a no. The, the guy that wears his own merch on the sideline. Well, he used to play for his club. <laughs> it's fine. Like, he's okay. But <laughs> he was okay. Is that what you're getting you know, at? He also assisted he, the winner against the Mariners in the first ever A-League grand yeah, final. Yeah, so. don't like that. He is you know. Arzani LA Rose Flops FC. Um, <laughs> the old uh, HMAS big fella. HMAS big fella. Thank you. <laughs> Although it, it, it is slightly smaller fella uh, because... What, the Witzer? Um I completely forgotten his other his, his name. The other HMA's big fellow that was at next to uh, Uzcock for most of the time last season hasn't been playing. No. Um, it was McGing and Uzcock at centre back. No, um, uh, I can't think. He's not even a fullback. We'd not. Um, oh, fuck, I don't know. But we will see the OG Snake. Not maybe not OG Snake, but very close to OG Snake. Oh, he's right up there in uh, in. He's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, again, MacArthur on paper, they don't necessarily have a bad side. But they got a great side on paper. I mean, not 
put it together consistently. Yeah, you've got some. You look at their starting side on the weekend: Craig Noon and Daniel Larzani, Daniel De Silva, Bacchus as well um, in the middle of the park with mm. Emomwa. Pretty fucking good midfield. Yeah, and I mean, even the back line, like Uskok's been pretty serviceable. Um, you know, Vuitzer, I actually rate him. I when he left the Jets initially, I wanted us to sign him mm. when we were when we were pretty desperate for a left back. Um, and yeah, McGing's been also getting plenty of uh, football. So mm. it's it's where are the goals going to come from? Because Anthony Carter's not doing the job at the moment. So whether whether that. Whether uh, LaRose starts, starts yeah. um, after, after Carter's uh, performance last weekend might would not surprise me. Um, but, I mean, you know, MacArthur had a good, uh, obviously a very good cup run against the uh, the accountants and the plumbers. Um, <laughs> and the Nazis. So probably a bit of a false sense of security leading into the season maybe, but they've looked all right in a couple of games, but haven't haven't really set the house on fire, I would say. So I'm... I'm after I mean after after the Wanderers game last week, that's the standard for us. That that's if we play like that again, there's not many teams in the league that are beating us. Well, they've only won one game. Mm. They haven't won any of their last three. They haven't won since uh, round two. So, are they overhyped? I think they are a bit. Yeah. I think Craig Noon has been decent, and I think he's always a danger. But he he'd have to be thinking back to Mudgy when we put the cleaners through him personally. Mm. Um, so he well, won't entire squad. Well, we did that. They all got it as well. But mm. he he was sort of like the victim of our quality passes oh. that were in behind him when somehow he turned a right winger into a right back or something like <laughs> a left winger into a left back or something, and he was it, and uh, he didn't like it much. But um, so I think he he'll. He'll be lacking confidence and they don't have much to be confident about. And, yeah, imagine talking up Daniel Azani's performance, which happened um, after the game. So, I mean, I hope they don't put it all together on the day because they do have some talent there. But yeah. um, it's hard to feel that we anything other than a couple of goals more for us than them, put it that way. I'm confident. 2-0. Let's do it. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers to that. Into, yep. into the World Cup, great. Yeah, yeah, I'm yep. <clears throat> I uh, I was saying in the car on the way here um, to my carpool buddy Motz, um, <laughs> I'm a bit nervous about it, a little bit nervous because mm. it's just the kind of game where we could be on such a high from last weekend, and they you got to beware the wounded bull. <sighs> Pardon no. the shit, pun. No, wrap it up, <laughs> Jesus. Wrap this shit up. Look, I hope I hope we fucking flog them. I'm not I saying another word. As, I hate them as much as I hate the Jets. Um, <laughs> That's a big goal. Three-one Mariners for me. I'm going to say a nervy two-one win. I think we're nervous because they've come visiting us and um, spoiled our party before, so we don't want that happening. But I'm going to say that it's going to be the dingo this time because he'll be a bit pissed. He wasn't involved enough in everything in this last game. Yeah, he's due a goal, isn't he? Absolutely. Yep, he's going to come out firing. Absolutely. Uh, one thing we will mention, of course, uh, $16 for 16 tickets. The uh, the club is starting to promote that offer. That will go live at uh, 8 o'clock today by the time this uh, podcast drops. Make sure you get on board. Get your friends, your family, your cousins, whatever. Your neighbours. Neighbours. Fucking randoms off the street. Get them to the game. $16 for 16 tickets. Find someone in Kibble Park to give a ticket to. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, all 
Don't let anything stop you. Let's give these boys a send-off they deserve before the World Cup break. Um, but until then, that's definitely all we have time for on the Coast Football Ramble podcast this week. Uh, fellas, it's been uh, it's been a hell of a ride. Uh, but uh, until Sunday, love you. See you. Bye. Listening to the <laughs> Coast Football Ramble <laughs> podcast. Gonna get you to record some of the. Uh... Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. It <laughs> 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 was beautiful. Sorry. No, it was very good. I liked it. I liked it. Um, just bringing up the game. <clears throat>